The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm Dr. Dream Kelly Sullivan Walden. I'm your host here on Unity Online Radio, the place to be if you want to be in a space of connectedness in that unified field that is always available no matter what kind of divisiveness may be happening in your world, you can always drop into unity. It's always here and it happens to be this awesome radio network too. The number to call if you have a question about your dreams or if you have a question about being an empath energy healing for empaths. If you feel like your sensitivity has been your kryptonite, but you want to know how to turn it into your superpower, I have the most amazing guest. I'm going to bring her on in just a moment. It's Lisa Campion. That's a little little preview of coming attractions. But um, the number to call is 816-251-3555. Again, 816-251-3555. Three five five five. So before we get rocking, because I'm so excited to talk to Lisa Campion, I want to just get centered and still and invite you to do that with me. So let's just take a breath together and release and let go of any of the static on your radio waves. Just release the static, release any drama, release any of the thoughts that would create the drama, because it's always our thoughts that create the drama. Seldom is it what's actually happening. So we can just part the curtains, go behind the scenes to that paradise that is always at hand, always available. So let's just take a few deep breaths and drop into that place as we're releasing and letting go of everything and anything that doesn't resonate with our highest being. Dropping deeply into that which does, calling in that unified field, calling in that support, calling in that lucidity so we can be awake in this dream that we are co-creating not just bumping into each other like a bunch of zombies, but where we can do what we came here to do and get to it, not put it off until the next lifetime. I mean, we know we've got lots of lifetimes around here, but let's do it in this lifetime. Let's sit at the edge of our seats. Let's call on our greatest awakening. Let's bring in all that light because it's available. It's here. It's like having millions of dollars in a bank account that's got our name on it. Why not access some of that right now or all of it right now? Let's call it in. And with gratitude for this precious moment and for all the gifts that we have So many, far too many to count. I'm so grateful, grateful for you for listening, grateful for Unity Online Radio for helping to provide this space and for Louie and Jeff and Diane Ray and 
so many wonderful souls behind the scenes helping to make this as seamless as possible. And especially for my guest today, Lisa Campion. Nancy T won't be joining us today, but she's here in the in the ethers with us. But um, I'm grateful also for you and your dreams, the ones that you call in with and the ones that you share with me on social media or in my email box, Kelly at KellySullivanWalden.com. And on Facebook, it's Kelly Sullivan Walden Dreams. I know that's long, but if you really have a good dream, you'll remember how to get to me. Okay, with that, I say amen to this very long, rambly prayer. Ah, and I'm Nancy T. Normally reads the luminous humanist thought for the day, but since she's not here, I'm going to read it. So today is March 3rd, and this, by the way, is my luminous humanist book. It's not out yet. This is you can get the you can pre-order it, and it's a hardback. I'm so excited! It's a hardback. Oh. It's 365 ways to go, grow, and glow to make this your best year yet. Okay, so the, the message for March 3rd is third time's a charm. There's a reason why important happenstances take place in threes. Today is the day of the sacred third, evoking the holy trinity, supporting the master healer to blossom within in dreams, when something shows up in threes or a recurring dream plays out three times, imagine a cosmic bullhorn blaring, alerting you to be aware, since this may be signifying you are in the midst of a profound transformation. Perhaps today might be the day to expand your comfort zone and take risks and try, play on words here, T-R-I, try new things. Affirmation. I am rewarded with exhilaration and healing mojo to turbocharge my day. Okay. That's your luminous humanness thought for the day. Take that in. Ah, cause today's the third day of the third month. So it's the three, three. Okay. So without further ado, transitioning here, I want to tell you a little bit about my friend, and best-selling author, two-time best-selling author, Lisa Campion. And for those of you who know I like wordplay, Campion is, I believe it's Latin for champion. And this woman truly lives up to her name. I can't even tell you how much I love her and how excited I am about her being on the show. I could cry and do a cartwheel all at the same time. Lisa Campion is a psychic counselor and Reiki master teacher, master teacher with more than 25 years of experience. She's trained more than 1000 practitioners in the hands-on energy healing practice of Reiki, including medical professionals and has conducted more than 15,000 individual sessions in her career. 15,000. That's quite a few based near Providence, Rhode Island, where it's a little chilly right now. She specializes in training emerging psychics, empaths, and healers so they can fully step into their gifts. This world needs all the healers it can get. And her latest book is Energy Healing for Empaths, How to Protect Yourself from Energy Vampires, Honor Your Boundaries, and Build Healthier Relationships. Lisa Campion, without further ado. Welcome to the show. Oh, hey Kelly. That's so Hi. lovely to be here with you. And I'm I'm turning cartwheels and blowing you kisses too and crying all at the same time. Yes. So crying happy tears. Yeah. 
<laughs> all at the same time. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Like, first of all, I just have to congr- congratulate you on another best-selling book. Like still, and your launch was like a month ago, and it's still yeah. number one new release, and it's in in ESP, and it's in the in the like top ten, top twenty in several other categories. And I'm just so proud of you. And your other book, um, let's see, I'm trying, I'm looking it up. I already know what it is, but yeah, I'm looking the art it up. of psychic Reiki. Right. Yeah. The art of psychic Reiki is also a bestseller still after all these, so, after a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> well, this one, honey, I, I, I credit the incredible forward that you wrote me as <laughs> the reason that it's a bestseller. I mean, honestly, I think that had a lot to do with it. So I do get quite a lot of comments on, on how funny and sweet that story is Aww. that you wrote about from the forward for me. Oh, thank you. That was such an honor to get to write that for you. What a what a true honor. Maybe we should tell the abbreviated story. I don't know, for those who haven't heard. Do you feel like telling the quick the quickie Thelma and Louise? Yeah, sure. Story? I mean you tell it better than I do. You should tell it. Oh my lord. Well, I'll do let's do the she said she said. So here's the okay. quick version of how I met Lisa. So we were both at, Lisa was the speaker for the first day. We were at a, at a seminar from, um, led by Wendy Kaplan from Vision Quest Consulting. And it was a summer women's retreat. And Lisa was the speaker on the first day. I was leading a circle this, the following day. And I just, I kept hearing Wendy talk about Lisa Campion, Lisa Campion. So I was so excited to meet her. And within not too long after Lisa arrived, and I already loved her, we had like a juicy conversation. She said something about wanting to get out of her hotel room um, in town because it was haunted. And I could tell there was like a bad vibe about this place. Mm. And I'm like, Oh my God, this woman is way too precious to have to stay in a haunted hotel. And at the end of the day, she was taking off to go get her stuff. And I, and something in me just kicked in and it was like, go with her. Don't send this new friend, even though I think in past lives we've been friends forever, but she's a new friend in this life. Go with her. So I just volunteered myself to be her, her sidekick, her Louise to her Thelma and um, she said, okay. <laughs> and so we were off in the night down windy roads and, and, and eventually got to this like haunted hotel. And it was so bizarre, Lisa, because this was like, um, it was like a Friday night in the summer in this part of town where on a Friday night around nine o'clock, you'd think there would be people out because this is like the center of town, but there was not a soul around. It was like a ghost town. Am I just imagining that or was that just... No, that was totally true. Yeah, it was like a ghost town. And not only that, but there was nobody in the hotel. Like, there was even the nobody who there in the hotel. Overnight. I'm like, what does that mean when the people who work there don't stay there overnight? Not even the people who work there. So there, we get to the, we get to the the front door and there's a note that says, call, if you have any problems, call this number. It's like, there's no one on site in this big Victorian hotel. So it's like, okay, that's not creepy. And in this like skeleton key they gave you, that's not creepy. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. Yeah. Like it was the creepiest place. And then I found out later that it was like an old brothel, like an old bordello. um, And that there had been a saloon in the, on the first floor and a lot happening up on the second floor that wasn't always so good. And you could really feel it. (laughs) I just 
So thank you so much for rescuing me. Like, you, oh my God! Well, we I was went afraid up there. to go back after like... dark and get my my things, and you just you know came in there and saved me. It was like so. it was like Gone with the Wind kind of a staircase, like Scarlett O'Hara would be up there yeah. saying, "Help me, help me," and it felt like <laughs> I mean, if I was going to just make up what happened in that room, I would say it was like a prostitute died, like someone That's what murdered I felt like. her. Absolutely. And she was kind of hanging around in there and like wanting to chat me up all night, which doesn't make for a restful sleep, you know. No, and she no. might not be happy about the fact that you're alive and well and she died in such a yucky way. I don't know. That's what it felt like. So we like you grabbed your stuff. You went in and just grabbed. We like ran. <laughs> oh my god! It was and, so funny. We did. Oh and my I was god! So and then it was like when she got your stuff, we were like, okay, was, let's we bad. can make it back. But didn't we get lost? We kind of got lost on the way back. We Everything did. got scrambled. We got lost. We're driving around like rural New Hampshire, running away from the scary ghost hotel. <laughs> right. <laughs> it so was sort of a Thelma and Louise moment for sure. <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, by the way, why don't you stay in my room? I have an extra bed. It's a great vibe. There's a there's a view of the of the lake, and it was like, okay, so immediately BFFs. And, it was pajama and, party time after oh, that. Exactly, exactly. Oh my god. Okay, so on that note, I mean, that's kind of the perfect setup because when you're sensitive like you are, and I always think about that jewel song, I'm sensitive and I want to stay that way. It's like the, it's the, it's not a curse to be sensitive, although it could feel that way before you learn some tools and some skills. So just for a moment in terms of background, give people a little bit of what it was like for you as a young person to be super sensitive in a, in a world of jagged edges and how you came to develop your skills. Well, yeah, that's such a great question. And, you know, my whole childhood was just so odd because, you know, I grew up in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you know, just outside Boston. And I was not only an empath, but one of those super psychic, like I see dead people kids, you know. Mm -hmm. And back then, like you couldn't, I knew, I learned from a very early time that I had to be quiet about what I was seeing, what what I was experiencing, you can't tell people you see angels and talk to dead Uncle Fred without ending up in the mental hospital. And I, mm. I just knew that, that I that I had to be like pretend to be normal and, you know, just to not talk about it. it was this whole set of experiences I was having that I never talked about to anybody else, you know, even my parents. Um, and I think they would have been cool about it, but it just... It just wasn't, they didn't know what to say either, you know. And so not only was I having the psychic experiences of seeing, feeling, knowing, but part of this, my psychic toolkit is also empath. And I think that empath is one of the psychic skills. So, and empaths are a little different than, the, you know, we think about the psychological concept of empathy, which is when you see somebody who's having a bad day or they're in pain and suffering and you're like, oh, I, you know, ouchie, right? We have mm-hmm. that sympathy almost, you know, for them. Right. But being an empath is different. Being an empath, and I call empaths as psychic sponges because we could be sitting next to that person or just be close to them physically or emotionally, and we're not just going to notice that they're in pain and suffering, but we're going to ex- run those feelings, their physical feelings, their emotions, and sometimes even their thoughts through our own system and experience them as if it's our stuff. So mm. we feel sad. You'll sit next to somebody who's sad and you're like, I don't know why I'm so sad all of a sudden, you know? Mm. And it's because we sponged up their mm. feeling. They probably feel a lot better, 
even if you have no conversation, they're like, oh, I f- suddenly feel better. And you're <laughs> like, you. I don't know why. I don't know why. I Like, what's wrong with me? You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a basket case, right? And I had a moment when I was 17 where I understood what was going on. Even back then, there was no words for it. Mm-hmm. But I was just a freshman at college. I went to a big state school in Massachusetts, huge state school. And I went to a party. It was a house party. It was like freshman year. And I'm like, all excited. It's Friday night. I'm going to a party. And I walked in and sat down, had that exact experience. I sat next down, down next to a guy who was not having a good day. He was crying into his beer about all the terrible things that were going on. Five minutes into it, I'm like, suicidally depressed. And mm. I'm like, what is wrong with me? What is my malfunction? Why can I not go to a party and have a good time like a normal person? And I'm like, I've got to go home. Like, I can't be here. Mm. So I left. And just sort of fate had it, or maybe my own spirit guides made me turn my head in this crucial moment where I looked through the window. I remember this so clearly. I looked through the window and saw him sitting on the couch and still crying into his beer, and I felt fine, totally <gasps> fine, back to normal. Oh, and I was like, I in this. that moment, I was like, oh, that's mm. him. It's not me. Ooh. Right? And. Uh, I, there was no term empath. We didn't really ha- have language for this until sort of the 90s, you know, when the whole highly sensitive person concept came onto the scene. Um, and then people started talking about it and sharing what that was like. But I just knew I was sensitive and that I was sort of on my own trying to figure out what to do about it, you know. And I, I spent a lot of time, 20 years, 30 years of my life, trying to figure out how to manage and master both my psychic gift and this empath thing. Wow. Okay. So just, let's just go back for one second. So at this party, you walked away from the guy and you, and outside of his conditioning field, you started to feel better. Yeah. Got out to the porch, suddenly felt fine. And that, in that moment turned around and saw him through the window and I'm like, Oh, I feel like myself again. I'm, but he's still crying into his beer. And it was seeing him through the window and uh, and in his energy and his sadness and right. understanding that I knew that if I went back in there and sat next to him, I was going to feel bad again. Mm-hmm. And I knew because of that separation between us and the pane of glass I was looking through, okay, it's I, I can see him, but he, I'm not feeling him like I was when I was there. Right. Oh, my God. Okay, so yeah. at what point do you, I, mean, I just think it's so fascinating that you are this martial arts expert. So how does the, how does that fit into all of this and how did that help you? Well, it's a funny story that there are a couple of things that happen there. One of them is I just really wanted to be a Jedi. Like I grew up one of those Star <laughs> Wars Because you kids, were. Like, you know, like from yeah, Star Wars. I saw Star Wars like, I don't know, in whatever year it came out, 78 or uh, 77, I saw it in the movie theater like so many times back to back. And I, I think that I liked it because it was explaining to me sort of the energetic, you know, there's the force, there's this thing. And, right. you know, um, Yoda's like, you know, we're luminous beings. He says mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're mm-hmm. not this fleshy stuff. We're luminous beings. And I was like, thank you. Like any little thing I could get. I also, um, mm. around the same time, took up a real liking for horror movies because, I snuck into the movie theater with my friend to see Poltergeist. I think we were like 12 or something. And there was in in the movie, there's a psychic. It's her job. It's a right. profession. And I'm like sitting in the movie theater like, oh, my God, that's a thing you could do. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to be that. 
you know. And then she gives this little explanation about um, what happens when you die and why some people get mm. stuck. And it's like one or two lines, but for me I was like, oh, thank you for explaining it to me, you know. And, mm-hmm. and that began sort of my lifelong love of horror, especially paranormal horror movies. Um, and shows, but but going back to Star Wars, like I wanted to be a Jedi Knight, and, I, and the only way I could figure out how to do it was to study martial arts. And I, you know, I was 16. Uh, my friends were sneaking out of the house and going, you know, dating boys and drinking and smoking weed and stuff like that. But I was sneaking out of the house and getting on the on the tee and going to Chinatown to study Shaolin at the Shaolin Temple. Wow. Uh, to Shaolin Kung Fu at the Shaolin Temple. Because I looked it up. I'm like, I looked it up in the phone book. It was the only place you could do it. It's not like now where there's karate on every street corner, you know? Right. Like and Starbucks. And I asked my parents, right. could I go? And they said, no, because Chinatown's the red light district and it's not safe. <laughs> um, which was true. And I went anyway. For I went for a year until they caught me. Wow. Yeah, oh and God. all my other friends, because I was just wanted to do it. And then when I went to college and I finally had the green light for it, you know, I, I studied martial arts in Okinawan style and um, lived actually in Japan and spent a lot of time in Okinawa a couple of years. So, um, and I found that as a young person, it was a really solid and good way for me to understand energy, energy flow. You know, I grew up to be an energy healer and that, um physical way of like learning to move consciously energy through my body was super good and also it's very grounding and as i mean Mm. i'm pretty grounded and practical for a psychic right you are that's one of the things i love about you there's nothing woo woo about you even though you're connected to the realms of infinite woo woo. but yeah so keep going and i think it that's my martial artist past that got me there oh thank god Thank God. Okay, so if you're just joining us, the voice that you've been listening to, that's Lisa Campion, and she's the best-selling author of Healing for Empaths and Energy Healing for Empaths. It's the number one new release on Amazon.com, Energy Healing for Empaths. Her website is lisacampion.com. And Lisa, we have a we have a lot more that we're going to be unpacking on the show with you, but I just want people to know that you have a free offering that is amazing on your website. So tell them about that so they can they can get that now even while we're talking in real time. Yeah, sure, yeah. So I have available on my website for free right now. It's a 4-hour video training class called it's called Energy Management um for Empaths and mm. it's a really practical, useful set of tools for people like if you're wondering you're an, an empath, there's like a little quiz you can take that will tell you that you are and, and, and what to do about it. How do we learn how to manage our energy? Because that's the key from feeling like it's a curse, like it's not a gift, like it's a curse you want to throw it back, to understanding the gift that comes with this, which is really the gift of being a healer. And and that class is just packed with all these pr- practical tools and tips and techniques for helping us learn how to not be a sponge and to show up in the world in a powerful way. And it, it's sad I've had it. I've had this class for free for empaths because I really feel the pain. Mm. Their pain. I really feel the pain of people who um, who are struggling with this and have just such difficulty sometimes even doing things like going to the store. And you and you and I, Kelly, had a funny conversation about what happens <laughs> in the middle of Costco. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, <laughs> tell your side. We'll do the she said she said before the break. Like, tell us. We both have had experiences where we ditched our shopping cart in the middle of Costco. Because, you know, 20 minutes into a place like that, if you're an empath, you hit, like, you had 
energetic overload, you know, and I've, I've abandoned my shopping cart, like way in the back and then gotten out into the parking lot. And I'm like, I can't find my car. Where's my car in the parking lot? And like, had to sit down and cry. <laughs> and oh my so, like, God. Pen, um, and I, I and so, then you told me you had the same experience. It I, was, was so I was looking for a headset for my, like for my phone. And there was no person around to help. And I had a full shopping cart full of stuff. And I was like, can, can, I was like, would you be my mommy? Would you be my mommy? Would you? And I was like at, trying to find somebody to help me. I couldn't find anybody. And I found myself literally starting to panic. This was on a Sunday, by the way. If you're even at all empathetic or if you're anywhere on the spectrum with regards to being an empath, don't go to Costco on a no. Sunday or Costco, a Saturday no. for that matter. Go in the middle of the week, <laughs> early in the morning. <laughs> I don't know what the off hours are, but it was a Sunday afternoon. It was really bad timing, but I, I let, I started feeling myself panicking and I called Dana. I'm like, no, I, you know, he's like, are you at Costco right now? <laughs> it sounds like you're at Costco. I'm like, I am. I, he's like, just, just leave. Just go. I'm like, but I have a full cart. He's like, just leave your cart there. Just get to your car. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, Vicky's talking me all the way through. Just keep walking. Okay. Go past the people. Just go, go out. And now where'd you park your car? I'm like, ah, I think it was to the left. Uh, uh. So yeah, finding my car was another thing, but I literally sat in the car and just had to breathe. And as Nancy T would say, I had to mouth breathe, like opening my mouth and just leaving the mouth all the way wide open. <gasps> That's so funny. Anyway, we digress. Okay. Yes. So back to you. Let's, we have like just a minute before we go to the, a quick break. Um, but I want, so I want people to get like one little tidbit of, of one of the, maybe we can do this on the other side of the break. It might be too quick to try to squeeze it in, but on the other side of the break, if you're listening, we're going to take dreams. We're going to take questions. If you have questions about being like being an empath, being psychic in this crazy wild world and anything you want to know from Lisa Campy and also anything you want to know about dreams on the other side of the break. And Lisa's going to give us a few tips and tricks and tools for how to transform your what you think is your kryptonite your sensitivity into your superpower so we'll be right back here in just a few moments don't go anywhere i'll be right back Glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. 
am so happy to be back with you all. Thanks for sticking with us. And this is Kelly Sullivan Walden, aka Dr. Dream. And I'm so happy to be talking to my friend Lisa Campion. Before we get into this next segment, I just want to invite you, if you'd like, if you've got a question about dreams or about being an empath, how how energy healing can help you. We're talking about Lisa's book, Energy Healing for Empaths. The number to call is 816 816- Two five one three five five five. So, a couple of quick announcements. There is the Luminous Humanist book. It's my latest book. It's it's available for pre-sale now. The actual launch is going to be, um, it's going to be in early April, right around my mom's birthday, which is April 9th. But I'll, I'm getting that together. Um, so check out Luminous Humanist. You're welcome to get the pre-order, and you'll still get access to the gifts that I offer on um, on the launch day. Luminous Humanist. I know that's hard to spell. So many people are like, how do you spell that? Next time I'm going to name a book something really simple. Like, I don't know, hello or something, but <laughs> luminous is L U M I N O U S, and then humanness, H U M A N N E S S, luminous, humanness. Okay. And the TV show I was on during the summer, Dream Stream, is up for an Artist Award. If you go to my Facebook page, which is Kelly Sullivan Walden Dreams, you can still get in the vote if you'd like to vote for it. It's been nominated for Most Unique Reality Show, and it's up there's it's just kind of a cool special award for um excellence in in reality programming this happens to be um obviously a streaming show from twitch presents so check that out go to my facebook page kelly sullivan walden dreams and and the top banner has the info for how you vote some people have found it hard to figure out the voting some people have have cracked the code but um if you want to try it give it a shot. Okay. And then Lisa Campion, my amazing guest, the author of Energy Healing for Empaths. She has a wonderful offering on her homepage on lisacampion.com. Scroll down to the middle of the page and there's a section that there's like a CD with her beautiful face on it with energy called Energy Management for Empaths. It's four hours. It's a free four-hour class. Only for a limited time. So this won't be available forever. It's there, you know, she'll charge for this at some point soon, but you can get it now <clears throat> today for free. And Lisa is an, as a master teacher, psychic healer, empath extraordinaire. So check that out. Is there anything else you want to say about this free offering energy management for empaths, Lisa? Um, I, I think it's a really um, great place to start for people that are, you know, really on the struggle side of it, because I think when we learn that energy management, the foundational energy management practices that I teach, there's like instant relief. You feel better. You go through some of those guided meditations, you will feel better like three seconds later. And that's really good. Awesome. And that's lisacampion.com, L-I-S-A-C-A-M-P-I-O-N.com. And while you're at it, just pick up a copy of her book, Energy Healing, for empaths. Okay. So I want to talk, these are the things I want to make sure we cover. Um, I want to talk about, I want to talk about psychic vampires because people are always mm. interested in how the heck do you keep them away? I also want to give people some skill, some tools before, you know, mm. at some point. So let's, but first let's take a couple of quick callers and let's see what questions they have. Are you open for that, Lisa? Yeah, you bet. Let's do it. Okay, awesome. So let's first go to Skip in Florida. I think this is 
a new time, a new caller. Is this you, Skip? Hi, Kelly. Um, Hi, Skip. This is the second time I've called. Oh, cool. uh, Well, thanks for calling in, Skip. What's your question? Well, um, I want to make a comment on what your guest had said and uh, and what how I have addressed it. Uh, You know, when you all of a sudden feel, you know, something comes over you and and you it just doesn't feel like it's from you. I stop and ask the question, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, is it me or is it somewhere else? And generally I can separate it and then realize I may not know where it's coming from, but I know it's not me. So now, okay, the anxiety level goes down and I feel I feel better about it. But I just wanted to make that comment that that's, mm. you know, that's I don't know if that's... I don't know it's if that's a really smart, that... really effective, and something I teach you. You know, people, empaths right off the bat. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you, and usually empaths are so intuitive, we almost always have the answer to that inside our own being. So I'm sure when you ask yourself that, you get the answer. Like, is that me or is that not me? And you're you're gonna know, you know. Yeah. And when, yeah, exactly. when, yeah. And then when it's not you, you can go into whatever routines you do to clear to squeeze the sponge and clear, the, you know, that energy off of you. And when it is you, um, you know, one of the things I, I write about in my book, too, is I feel like empaths are so emotional, we need to learn, like, a daily practice of handling our emotions. So when we know how to handle our emotions as they're coming up on the daily and we know how to squeeze the sponge, we can really function in the world in a much better way. But that's, a, that's an excellent point. It's a really good point you brought up. And right now with everything going on, I know I feel like people are so stressed out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, everywhere I go, you know, it's like and and I've I've been working from home from my home office for like, you know, ten, fifteen years now. You know, so I don't have to get out in it. But um Walmart, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, a great time. <laughs> you know? Important safety tip for empaths. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Or any of those like twenty-four hour places go like in the middle of the night because no one's there. Only <laughs> well, there are some vampires oh. that do come around then, so maybe not. But <laughs> but you can you know bring your bring an archangel along with you or a spirit animal to help to help. That's one of the things I yeah. I would suggest. But one of the things here, Skip, is this for this is a question for for Lisa and for Skip. So I often think we can't heal what we can't feel. So even though when I get deluged by by feelings or I get overwhelmed by by what might seem like somebody else's issue and sometimes sometimes it is sometimes it isn't sometimes it's just the world because we're even if we're in even in a pandemic and we're in our own little boxes we're still in a collective soup we can still feel kind of the general pulse of humanity and sometimes i i tell myself and maybe this is exactly the opposite of what i should do lisa but it's what i tell myself to first of all do what skip did recognize is this minor isn't isn't it but the fact that i am feeling it i want i want that to be good news because i can't heal what i can't feel it gives me it makes me feel like okay here's where to bring the light like if there is no sensor for where the pain is then i don't know where to direct the healing so 
I don't feel like it's bad news to feel those things, but I don't want to get lost in it. I mean, I feel like that's kind of the issue because if I'm just <laughs> thinking that it's me and it's all over me, then I just go down with, I just go down with the ship. And as I say this, it's literally pouring rain outside. It just started. So I feel like I'm getting some confirmation by oh, wow. the rain gods. Yeah, okay, so I'm totally right, Kelly. I, I completely agree with you. Like we ha- And we need to learn how to manage our feelings. So we don't want to shut them off. Um, and empaths either, either learn to shut them off and repress their feelings or they fled. And their feelings like come up all over the place out, in an out-of-control way. Both of those things are not so fun to experience. So in the middle, there's a place that I, and I talk about this a lot in my book, about how we manage the feelings on the daily in a healthy way. Awesome. So what about you, Skip? How did that land on you? It it feels right. You know, uh, that's exactly true. I don't look at those things as uh, something bad or negative. Um, I look at life as just a collective of experiences, uh, and uh, and it's how you manage it. You know, if if it's not your stuff, then what is it? You know, where is it coming from? And if it and and these are messages. Since we're all part of the collective, we're all one. You know, yeah. if we didn't, if we weren't connected, we wouldn't get it. So that's just a confirmation. Exactly. You know that how how connected we are. Yes. You know, it's like I'll get this feeling of something going on and I'll just call my brother just, uh, just for the heck mm. of it. And he'll say, yeah, yeah. So these things have been going on. And, uh, and I knew it, I don't tell him I knew that, but I just, say, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to call you just to see how you're doing. But, Skip, that's great. It's uh, so wonderful to hear from you and thanks for calling back in. And I look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you so much. So hang in you. there. Okay, so let's call on Miss Denise. Denise, welcome to the show. Uh, we couldn't have a show without uh, Denise calling in. Do you have a question for Lisa, or do you have a dream? What's on your heart today? I have a dream. Um, I have a dream, but, you know, I can do the question, too, but I'm going to do the dream first because you got okay. her on, and she might be able to help me out with yeah. it. Okay, oh, you yeah. You know, tell her that I talk fast. I don't know why. I always <laughs> want to talk fast. I, have I no appreciate it. Even though okay. I want us in a, on a parallel plane, we're luxurious and we get to take our time. But on this That's show, true, we only right. have a I'm limited time, so we got to just boom, get right to it. So take it away, Denise. Okay. Hi, Lisa. Okay. Um, walking down the street, walking down the street, and then I pass, and I, and I look to my right, and I was like, the house that I used to live in, or that mm. I lived in with the family. Like, as a teenager, though, we didn't stay there forever. We just, and I said, oh, my God. And then I walked up, and the grass in the front yard was so green till it was mm. scary. It was just manicured like, the, like you wouldn't believe. And it was real green. But I told, then, I, then, then I believe somebody walked up or I was talking to myself. But I said, there's something strange. One half of the grass is cut. The other half wasn't, and I said, "Well, if you, if I cut the other half, it'll make it'll make the yard, you know, even look better." So somehow, now you know, it's a dream. A lot more popped up, and the next thing you know, I was cutting the other half of the grass, and the gra- and, mm-hmm. and the dream ended. I thought that was just awesome. Mm-hmm. Just awesome. Ooh, <laughs> I love this dream. Well, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just pipe in for a second, and then Lisa, if you have any hits, then please do. Um, and just for the sake of time, I'm just gonna 
dive in if this were my dream. Right. I always okay. So looking at the wordplay of this dream, green grass to me that represents like we often say the grass is greener on the other side. So as if to say where I'm at, it ain't happening. And if I were only someone else, if I was only better, but this dream I feel like is saying that maybe where I grew up and I didn't even know it at the time during this phase in my life, I, the grass was pretty green, even though I'm kind of revisiting it now as an adult, I'm realizing maybe, maybe what I thought was so screwed up or what I thought was what wasn't so great or was ordinary oh. or whatever. Like I'm seeing what was special about that. In mm. some way, my first thought is like, in this shamanic practice is that I that I've done many times, it's called recapitulation, where you go back into your past, into a time that maybe was challenging or difficult, and you remember every single detail of that time. And it's like you go back in in order to pull yourself back, in order to pull back in any soul fragments that may be left back in time. Mm. So a dream where we revisit a childhood home, I feel like is a perfect soul retrieval kind of dream. It's like, it's, it's like the soul isn't done with us until we have ourselves back intact until we're in present time. So it makes me think there's some kind of pulling into present time, a new frame, a new way of looking at what, what that, what my life was like. And the fact that there's this this better half, sometimes we refer to a partner as a better half, you know, or <laughs> so there's okay. maybe okay. some some pointing toward a relationship back then or some belief that I caught about my better half. And sometimes I tell people, so these are just kind of my riffs. When you, if you're wanting to manifest a relationship, think about who that ideal person would be, make a list of all those qualities, and then make a list of the qualities that would be the, in the perfect person that would be just perfect for that person. So in other words, like identify the green grass and then create the other half of the grass just as green. And so I, there's a, there's a match. So those are my thoughts. How's that I, end? I did that with the plate. Remember? You had a guest yeah. on, I can't remember the name right now, sometimes. I did that with the plate and put the uh, rose crystal, and when there was a full moon or when there was a bright star in the night, mm. they said to put it outside and let the moon shine on it. So I put it on a piece of a round plate and yes. did it for a while. Yeah, I did it for a while. But I thought this, and, and the house happens to be two. I mean, most houses ain't, but it was two. Oh. So I thought that was significant or something because the, the address is two, I can say this, two Jones Avenue. So I thought that was kind of significant. Then the two halves, half one yeah. and one is two, part the right. grass was cut, part the grass wasn't. So I found the two to be significant, but you know, I'm into numbers. At least I try to be. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think that's great because two is often the, the number the, that corresponds with relationships. So it could be about relationship out externally, but it could also be about this, the part of self that, that discounts gotcha. and then the other part that's trying to live up to something else. So there's some grappling with that, but Lisa, I'm going to turn it over to you. Any, any hits, any ahas? Well, my, my thought about it was um, how green things look because as an energy mm. healer, you know, I'm more, I'm used to working with people's energy fields and the chakra system and green is the color mm. of the heart, mm, you know? Right. So, yeah, to me, it's like sort of that lush green was like, oh, she's got a big, beautiful heart. Yes, you she know? does. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. and that, and um, I, I don't know why one half of your heart, maybe one half of your heart needs a little more attention. Was it the right side or the left side of the grass that needed cutting? Ooh. Good question, Good Lisa. 
want to say the left. The left. Okay, so in the energy field, the left side of the heart is the feminine side, and it's the yin, the yin side. So it has to do with our emotions, our intuition, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if your feminine heart needs some attention. Do you need to pay attention Ooh, to your healing? Is there nice. anything on that side of your heart you need to clean up? Mm. You know? Very good. But All how right, do I that's do something it? to chew on. Some grass to roll around on, Lisa. I mean, well, I would say, like, you do it, like, you you know, do, like, I think what Kelly said about the recapitulation seemed like a really good idea. Like, you know, do some journaling about what's the state of your heart right now. Okay. 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 Awesome. So something to chew wow. on there, Denise. Thank you so much for sharing. It's always You're wonderful welcome, to hear please. your dreams. You're welcome. Okay. Likewise. Want to okay. Take care. All right. Um, Lisa, before we take our next caller, tell give us... Give us a little insight about how to deal with energy vampires. Like what's one of the best, what sometimes first tell us what an energy vampire is and then one of the ways to best maneuver around them from the perspective, the brighter, the light, the bigger, the bugs. So Mm -hmm. if you're a bright light, you're going to attract the bugs. That's a good perspective. And I, I do think there's sort of like a polarity or a continuum here where we have empaths on one side of the, of the polarity and energy vampires on the other. And we can sort of break that down real simple by saying empaths are givers, people who are generally in the giving side of things, mm-hmm. and energy vampires are takers, people right. who are generally in the taking side of things. And, you know, I don't know if we need to be all like, well, there's, mm-hmm. that's evil. It's more just the way of the world, you know, that right. uh, because we lived in a polar polarized um, dimension right now, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, like you said, this can be a big problem for people. So um, I, I think that one really important thing is to see, begin to see energy vampirism as a process rather than a person. And it's a process that any of us can fall into. You can, have, you can become one if you're in a really bad situation. I call them situational energy vampires. Right. And like any of us can fall on hard times, and many of us have this year, that have put us in a position where we haven't had anything to give and we need, we need, we need, we need to take, we need to receive, um, that anyone can fall into that. Ener- um, empaths are notoriously known for letting themselves overgive to the point where they get so drained that they, there's no way for them to get energy except that they become energy vampires. So a lot of the empaths I know that are out there saying, energy vampires have ruined my life. I, I am always like want to hold their hands and ask them to mm-hmm. look in the mirror and make sure they're not guilty of that themselves, you know? Ooh. Right. And from a dream perspective, we're all of that and it's, and we're, we're everything. So we can all be, I mean, it's, who was it that said it was some wonderful mystic that said we're all, every human is on a tightrope and any of us can fall off that tightrope at any moment. We're all hanging mm-hmm. onto a thread on some level. I mean, our, our, spiritual work is to be is to strengthen that tightrope so that so that we're not as easily fall offable but all of us are vulnerable and the moment one of us falls off we need help and if we don't get that help then we can become like there can be like a fervor so we need to have compassion but also set some boundaries so what's one go-to way to set a boundary with somebody who's overly taking well boundaries like a big complicated word that yeah. And a lot of people think it's really big and scary, but it's quite simple, and it comes down to your ability and capacity to say no. And empaths have a hard time with even feeling where what, what we're a no to because we get so caught up in somebody else's pain. We really feel like, 
compassion for somebody else's suffering. So my trick is I never, I never agree to anything in the moment because I always say yes if you ask me in the moment. <laughs> and but I really, I've learned to say let me let me check my calendar. I'll get back to you in 24 hours. And then I oh, go great. away from that person and I sit right. in a quiet room with my calendar oh <laughs> and my I God. contemplate. You know, like is this really part of my mission? Is this really what I want? Like I I have to be away from the person to actually feel whether I'm a yes or no to that. Oh my God. I want to add one thing to that. I I heard somebody once say, and I try to do this. Like if somebody asks me for something and I step away and I come back and it's not a hundred percent. Yes. I'll, I'll let them know. It's just not a hundred. I'm not getting a hundred percent. Yes. So for now, so it's kind of like, wow, I mean, it's still a compliment. Like it could have been 99%. Yes. It's just, why would, I can't <laughs> right. do something that's not a hundred percent. Yes. Oh, so I'm going to have to pause love, on that. I love that. That's amazing. And I, I think we need lots of really, really nice ways to say no. So I right. actually learned, practiced in looking in the mirror, looking myself in the eye and, and like five ways, like, no, thank you, which is my favorite, or, you know, thank you so much for asking me, but I just can't, I don't have time for that right now. You right. know, oh, I so want to support you. And right now I, I've got, I'm overcommitted. Like, so, oh my God. you know, so things, so you have nice ways and the no thank you is so powerful. One of my friends who's an empath told me this story recently that she was in Miami and she was walking up to her hotel room and this man tried to mug her. He came like running up to her and took a grab at her, her, her purse. And she just looked him in the eye and said, no, thank you. And like pulled her purse back. (laughs) And and she was so like gobstruck that he just was like, she said his mouth dropped and he just went, uh, uh, okay. Sorry, ma'am. And walked away. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm like, that's the power of no thank you. Oh, I love that. Okay. So if you're just joining us, this is lisacampion.com and she's got a free offering for a four hour class on her website. I just wanted you all to know that. Also to know that tonight is the first, it's the first Wednesday of the month. That means it's wild women Wednesdays. If you want to join me for my dream circle tonight, the first one is always free. So, so send an email to Kelly at Kelly and I'll make sure you get the info for the dream group tonight. And that's from three to 5 PM Pacific time. Just wanted to squeeze that in there. And I wanted to say, one thing. When I take people on my journeys to Teotihuacan, Mexico, and Shez, Libby, and I are taking people in October, if, you know, travel bans help us and if the winds of fate blow in our favor. But we go to the pyramids, to the sacred place, and we're always, you always have to walk past all the people selling postcards and trinkets. And we do this whole practice of walking through the mitote, which is the Spanish word for marketplace, where we keep our focus on what our work is. But instead of saying no to everybody, because we can't go shopping with, we can't buy all this stuff because that would take us away from the spiritual intent. But we, but we focus on seeing the light in them and sending like a prayer to everyone while we walk past them without even engaging. So it's a really good practice sometimes to even just go out into a public space and to not engage with people, but just send them a blessing, but keeping your focus. Well, how do you feel about that one, Lisa? I love it. That's super cool. (laughs) Yeah, and I think you can also, like, put a bubble, like, if you put a big enough bubble around you and you run light through your bubble, like, which is, I think, what you guys are doing, um, then people, then th- there, there's no really need to say yes or no. It becomes right. it becomes so much about vibration and frequency that when it's not vibing, when there's no 
vibrant, you know, resonance, people don't even come up to you and say anything. That's so true. That's so true. Okay. So I want to just bring Anna on from San Juan, Oceana. And I know we just have a couple minutes here, but Anna, I wanted you to at least get to meet Lisa and see if you had a quick question for her or maybe one special dream symbol that we can explore in the couple minutes we have. Okay. Um, yeah, I had a frightening dream last night. I've never mm. been really chased before, and I was assaulted by this mm. person who got in my bed, and it was like a giant bed. It was like three times the size of a king, or four times the size of a king size. Oh my God! Okay, and, so we're just and, speaking of yeah. energy vampires. So let's. And I was like in it. prison, like in this room. I couldn't leave, and then somehow I escaped. Oh my Lord. Okay. So Lisa, I'm going to let you take this. If this were your dream or if, if, what would, what do you say to Anna about dealing with energy um, vampires in dreams? Yeah. So there's two ways that I would ask two questions. I would ask myself, I sort of favor that everything is um, an aspect of my own self, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And and is, is it me? Like what our first caller said, is it me? Is this about Mm -hmm. me and my own relationship to myself? Have I, have I trapped myself? Have I imprisoned myself? You know, um, in some way I would ask that. And then I, honestly, this is a little creepy, so I'm sorry I'm about to say this in a way, but I, that kind of dream is, has all the hallmarks of a psychic attack. Mm. I would want to know, do you have a person in your life, maybe a lover or past to present, you know, partner who you feel like pushes your boundaries and is showing up in your dream? Because I think you're super sensitive you're probably really psychic, and you may be, like, feeling um, somebody's actual energy intruding on you in your sleep. Ooh, so Anna, for some reason, her call just dropped. Maybe that was the psychic intruder that was just intruding. But if you're listening, Anna, go to Lisa Campion's website and listen to her free product called energy management for empaths. I think this is the perfect thing for anybody who's having some nightmares because sometimes it is a psychic attack. Go to lisacampion.com and get her free energy management for empaths product and check out her book, energy healing for empaths. And Lisa Campion, thank you so much for being on the show today. You are amazing. I love you so much and I can't wait to have you back. Thank you, honey. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.